Welcome to the Fulfilled After 50 podcast. I am your host, Alice Edgerton, and on this podcast, we are the filling station for creating a life you desire and deserve and being fulfilled to be the best you can be in this season of life. We talk about daily inspiration, encouragement, uplifting for you each and every week. We are live. Well, hello and welcome, everybody. So this is also uh, number 60 on our podcast, Fulfilled After 50. We are in our Facebook group today with Laura Fulford. Hope I haven't butchered the name too bad. But this <laughs> yes, so this episode is going to be about weight loss for the Christian woman who is entering 50 and over. It's Laura's specialty. And so we are so happy that you have joined us today. And I would just love for you to introduce yourself, Laura, to all these lovely ladies and just tell them a little bit about your story and how all of this came about. We would just love to hear that. Well, um, thank you so much. I'm really, um, Happy to be here. I've had so much fun talking with you uh, before, so I know we're going to have a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, I, uh, um, I'm a, a Christian weight loss coach and, um, you know, I kind of came into that through my own experience with my weight. I was um, overweight as a child and my, um, my first memorable experience um, you know, that first experience that, that really turned it into a struggle for me was um, I was six years old, playing with a group of kids, and one of the kids, um, you know, even I remember it so vividly, the way the little kid looked at me, and he goes, you're fat. And, um, you know, I, in addition to the words, which were, you know, um, you know, hurtful enough, um, I, you know, even in my little six-year-old brain, it's like, I saw his face and I knew he was disgusted with me. Um, so, you know, and, and so I, at six years old, you know, I internalized that and I, you know, I was an overweight child, but I really, really struggled with the shame of it. Um, you know, and my dad um, was, um, I had such a great dad. I mean, he was um, like Atticus Finch, you know, he was a lawyer. So I don't like when I say um, that he was aware, you know, uh, and I was aware that he was aware of my size. And there are things that he said or did throughout my life that just kind of like reinforced my, my shame about uh, my weight. So um, to make a, a long story relatively short, it's not too late. <laughs> I my weight fluctuated from the time I was six years old. You went on my first diet when I was six years old, self-imposed. Wow. And um, you know, my mother was a yo-yo dieter. But by the time I was in my early forties, my I had never really landed at a stable weight. And I I calculated that I had come close to gaining and losing about a thousand pounds in my lifetime. You know, it's not reached a thousand pounds, but the, the, just the, you know, that pattern of gaining and losing and gaining and losing, which represents all those years of trying everything. It works for a little while. And then there's the, you know, when you start gaining it back again. So um, after, 
you know, so many years, over three and a half decades of that in my early 40s, um, you know, when you're in your 40s, you start to, um, you start to realize that I don't really care as much about what other people think. That gave yeah. me enough insight to think, you know, to explore what was going on. And at the time I was living in Washington, DC, and I was doing um, a couple of other Bible studies, but specifically a preset Bible study uh, with Kay Arthur. And um, it was her study on Romans. And when we got to Romans chapter seven, um, I was just like struck by Paul's um, description of himself. You know, the apostle Paul saying, I have this thing in me. I wanna do the right thing, but I don't. And I end up doing the very thing that I hate wretched man that I am. And I'm like, that, that describes my battle. It's like, I want, it's like, how can somebody that wants this so bad struggle with it so much? And I realized that what I was up against was my flesh nature. And, um, and so I knew that if Paul was asking that question, he's probably going to be answering it. So in Romans chapter eight, he does answer the question, but it's not a simple answer. You know, don't we all want, you know, oh, just do this. Um, right. and the, you know, the, the just do this answer is um, any battle with our flesh nature requires the power of the Holy Spirit in us. And I had never really um, you know, thought about or prayed about or even really understood what my relationship with the Holy Spirit, part of the Trinity, was supposed to be and how that was going to give me, you know, any kind of strength over this battle. So that meant that, you know, rather than starting another diet, I was digging into the Word of God to try to understand that part of my relationship with Christ. And so as a result, um, I really grew in my faith and I started to realize that, you know, it's like, I don't have, um, you know, a diet problem. I have a, a lordship problem. You know, I've mm. idols in my life. One of my idols was, um, you know, for a person who experienced shame their entire life, um, my, one of my idols was to, um, was to not feel that shame, but for someone to respond to me as, um, maybe even to be um, to be seen as beautiful, you know, not not so much outwardly, but acceptable um, mm -hmm. person that needed to apologize for showing up, you know, in a certain way. So it was, but I and maybe we even as acceptance in my dad's eyes, whatever it was, I longed for a type of acceptance, um, you know, maybe human acceptance. I don't know. Um, so that one of my idols was, I want, I want so badly to be thin because of whatever I thought that would give me. And, um, I had the idol of comfort, which I achieved through food, you know, so food was kind of like my drug. So I realized, um, that my battle was really, um, two, two relatively distinct things. Um, both of which I needed to address spiritually. So as I bring this in for a landing. Um, you know, I took all my background in exercise physiology. I majored in that in college. Um, all the things I'd ever read and learned about weight loss and combined it into my program because I'm like, even though I've done Christian programs, none of them got to the issue the way um, the Lord was helping me deal with it. So the program I wrote is called Stop Dieting for Life. It 
it deals with, you know, how do you get your mind and heart ready to deal with this um, genuinely deeper issue? And then yeah. God make our bodies. How does it work? You know, how do we overcome the mental and emotional struggle? Um, right. The spiritual nature of the struggle. And then how do we live it out in this social and cultural environment? So um, in a not so succinct story, that's, you know, how my story led into, you know, writing this program that deals with all the different facets of weight from a Christian perspective. Right. I love that because there, there are so many diets that are just, they can go through their fads, um, the keto diet and uh, a bunch of other ones that float around out there, right? And and they're really strict and they're really stringent and people who want to lose weight, sure, you can probably lose weight within six months, right? but it's not going to be a sustainable lifestyle and then for one you can outwardly lose the weight but you still have something weighting you down internally that you haven't lost and so i would love to hear a little bit more uh, really about your story laura like so did you grow up in a christian home or how did you come about you know in your faith you're so deeply rooted you teach these women the christian faith to you know walk the walk so mm -hmm. but you know were you brought up in a family that that raised you like that as well um, you know, it's, it's, I have a, an interesting um, faith background. Um, my, um, my dad was very, very private. So, um, you know, except in his latter years, he passed away at 91. My brother maybe got a little bit more insight into his faith. But when we were being raised, my dad was silent about his faith. Um, I think at, at a certain age, my mom got us, um, you know, we would go to a Methodist church and then, um, then we changed and went to a Baptist church for a little while, but my mom kept us in the, you know, in the church through our, our high school years. So I was involved in church things um, in, in high school, and I would have described myself as a believer, and I acted like a believer. I was a good kid in high school. I didn't, you know, I think I, I had a few rebellious years in my 30s. My, my 30s, I'm a late bloomer. <laughs> But, um, but I was, you know, I was a good kid. Um, and so I was taught um, Christian things and I, I understood them mentally, but, um, you know, there's so many little facets of my faith story. As it turns out, every, all the kids in my family have really, really deep faith that they developed on their own. Um, I have one brother who teaches Catholic studies, um, you know, who went, you know, I think he went um, Episcopalian to converting to Catholic to teaching Catholic studies. He has a very, very deep and sincere faith. I have a sister who um, from Baptist went to um, Presbyterian of the Reformed tradition. And then I have another brother who is um, who stayed in the Methodist faith and, you know, of a, of a person who lives out what what um, Christ teaches and what the church is. Um, I, you know, I don't know anyone, you know, more Christ-like than, than my brother. So, right. so that we've all developed these diversion right now. I, I go to a Baptist church, but I'm really, um, I'll, I go where the Bible is preached basically. Mm -hmm. Dad, um, 
you know, my mom, my mom was a, was a believer and got us involved in church. Um, and, you know, and as I kind of alluded to earlier, I, I knew the things, but I think my, my relationship with Christ really turned um, and became genuine in my late 30s um, and even more so in my early 40s because that's when I began to relate to, to God as a person, as a, you know, and receive and experience God as a person and not as um, a distant um, moral compass. I don't know if that makes any sense or not, but right. All those years, I would have said that I was a believer, um, but I, I do believe that my my genuine experience with with Christ probably began in my late thirties. Okay, so yeah. you know to shed the weight and to shed some things that you may have had deep rooted inside you. You know, what were those, Laura? Was that like maybe some unforgiveness or, you know, did you go through a divorce? Like I'm on my second marriage now. And so mm -hmm. that, that sheds a lot of things that, you know, you have to release and let go. And uh, so, you know, I divorced my kid's dad when they were two and four. And so I've mm -hmm. been married for 19 years and he's been just, you know, God's blessing to us. My kids, I don't believe they would be who they are today without him. Yeah. But, um, you know, so there's different things that happen, of course, in our life because God didn't put us here for life to be easy. Right. right? And, and so how do we deal with those things that come up? So what did you have to really shed? Mm -hmm. to through your barrier? Um, that's such a great question. Um, you know, I think the what you know, one of the one of the things it was um, approval seeking. You know, I um, I wanted I wanted to to please my dad, um, and he was the um, he was the kind of um, person who. Um, in, a, in his own kind way, he's like, oh, you know, an A minus, you know, you could a little harder, you could have gotten an A plus. There was the, oh, you did well, but you could have done better. So there, there was always the almost but not quite, you know, kind of thing that I, um, and, and I think most of all, I knew no matter what I did, he disapproved of my size. You know, there was, I was in my um, early 20s. And we were um, standing in the kitchen talking and I, he had something he knew he needed to tell me. And I think he was trying to say it for my own good. But he said, men don't hire fat women and women don't hire fat women. And he felt like my weight and my appearance was going to encumber me in the job market. You know, I just graduated. Um, he wanted me to, you know, be a like an accountant or a doctor or a lawyer, and I chose exercise physiology. So he's like, you know, she's majored in this thing and she looks like that. Is she going to be able to get a job and support herself? So his concern was bad concern. It was delivered in a way that, um, you know, I didn't find all that helpful. <laughs> so I, your question in terms of what kinds of things did you shed? I mean, my my shame. I was carrying deep shame before that. You know, carried a long time after that. So um, one of the things was, was shame, and I will tell you um, that shame and self-perception affected my first marriage, um, which lasted seven years. Um, I basically didn't believe 
um, that he loved me and he did. And because of my in, being ensnared in this, um, I left a perfectly good man, you know, uh, um, so I, and, and hurt him in the process. So, you know, my, my sin and my idol and my hurt, you know, caused me, you know, led me to hurt another person, basically. Um, I stayed single for that, after that for, um, I think like 10 years or so. And then I, my, my second husband, um, you know, long story short, you know, um, became ill with uh, Lou Gehrig's disease, ALS, and yeah. you know, passed away about a year and a half after we got married. But um, the, Lord, the Lord was preparing me for that, you know, in the, the growth that I experienced in my late thirties and kind of turning back to him, um, you know, and in my, in my early forties and up until the time that, you know, that we met and got married really prepared me, um, to meet him, um, to, um, to be his caregiver, Etc. So, you know, the Lord works in, in really, you know, in mysterious ways, of course, and it's always for so much more than, than we can even see. But yeah. I do know that um, the Lord had me and my most recent husband, Bruce, um, cross paths for a reason. So, so you, re you remarried? <laughs> um, but yes, I did. And he, and he passed away. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, so how long ago was that? It was um, seven years February that um, that he passed away. Um, once he was diagnosed, um, he um, it was 18 months before he passed away. So um, you know the the nature of Lou Gehrig's disease is because there's no cure. I think it's yeah. um, you know almost more merciful you know to to not have to live through it any longer than you need to. But um, you know. Wow. He, guy and missed by a lot of people. Wow. So in that relationship and in that marriage, were you able to allow yourself to be loved? Yes, um, absolutely. Um, I was, but when we were um, dating and, and got married, I had, I had started um, Stop Dieting for Life already doing private coaching. And, um, you know, during the time that we were together, I was, you know, doing some writing and had started to write the Stop Dieting for Life program. And, um, you know, and then I wrote a lot of it uh, after he passed away. But, um, but to answer your question, um, you know, it was, the Lord was preparing me, um, you know, growing spiritually, um, being his caregiver, you know, allowing me, um, you know, during that time and, and even even since then, the Lord has put me in a position to have so much time to spend in his word. Um, mm -hmm. That's one of the blessings of, of everything is I've had, um, you know, a couple of hours to spend um, reading the Bible, praying, I, and I journal, I have ADD, in case you can't tell. Um, so in my, I pray, I pray by writing, it, sl it slows down um, and I pray over what I read in the Bible and I feel like that's the way you know the Lord helps me to slow down to take in his word to process it to take it to heart to ask him you know or to even recognize it's like Lord I know this is not true of me I need you to help me to sanctify me to make this scripture true in me and um, just over and over seeing the Lord um, answering those prayers has really been amazing 
Yeah. So, you know, we are in such unprecedented times, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody's ever seen anything like this. We never, never would have thought we would have seen something like this in our lifetime. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, my words of encouragement is, is now's your time to dive into the word, read the yes. word. And, you know, for somebody who has not walked that walk, but is curious and is ready, you know, the first thing I tell them is start with the book of Proverbs, it's 31 mm -hmm. chapters. You can start it like the first of the month and go all month. But I would love to hear, you know, what would you tell your clients that are really looking to form that close relationship with God to, to find out what does the Bible say? How can I apply that to my life? And then if they are just holding on to some hurt as women, and especially this season of life, and that's why we connected because I, you know, my heart is just with us as women 50 and over because we we have gone through a lot. Um, a lot of women in here are empty nesters where their purpose, you know, they feel is left. But, you know, like our past, sometimes that baggage just weighs us down. And we don't understand that when we just give it up to God and we can release it and let it go, mm -hmm. that life begins to become fresh and anew. Mm -hmm. So how would you, you know, tell that person that's coming to you, you know, I really, really do want to form a closer relationship with him. How do I do that? Um, I, you know, I, I have so many answers going through my mind right now. Um, so, you know, one of the, um, in terms of a place to start in the word of God, um, I, I love the book of Matthew. And one of the, and um, so Matthew was um, Levi, the tax collector. And, you know, and so God, you know, every, every word in the Bible is God breathed. So God breathed through Matthew to write the book of Matthew. Um, and so Matthew, um, you know, when he wrote it, you know, thinking like, you know, a, a math guy, a numbers guy, you know, it, Matthew is so um, organized. There's a lot of a lot of structure, and whether you notice the structure or not, one of the things I love about Matthew is it gathers Jesus's teaching into five discourses. Of course, the first one is the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew five through seven. Um, you know, and there's I don't know if I can name them all off the top of my head, but there's one when he sends out the the disciples. Um, you know, all of them are are blocks of teaching. Um, that um, that reveal who Jesus is, um, how Jesus relates to us, how Jesus points us to the Father, um, and even and it even reveals like in in all the people that follow him, whether it's his disciples, the people that were curious about him, the people that were mad about him, you know, you, you we see ourselves in all of those people. So um, I think the, um, when you, my pastor says, when you read the word of God, it also reads you. It's a supernatural book. So start with the book of, of Matthew and ask the Lord to open your eyes. Like, Lord, teach me who you are and expect him to meet you there. I mean, it is, it, that's exactly what he wants to do is he wants to meet us in his word, his yeah. way to communicate with us right now. Um, yes. 
So, you know, and the, if I can say one more thing, um, you know, the, the, the other thing is realizing that, um, you know, and I think the, what's happening right now, you know, makes the entire earth realize, wait a minute, you know, we are not in control. And am, am I really in control of my life? Did I decide what year I would be born? You know, did I number my days? Um, no, we are, we are created by God. We are, you know, and every one of us, you know, is threaded into a plan that's already written. God's plan is written. We know where it started. We know where it goes. So it's like, Lord, you know, rather than, I think, especially now in America, we see ourselves as, you know, my life, my world, I'm in the center of it. But what God will free us from is, you know, it's like, it's, we almost suffocate on ourselves if we make it so much more ourselves, but we realize that we are a thread in God's plan and that God wants to release us from the, you know, the suffocating self-centeredness of yes. part from him. And he wants us to join him. You know, he's privileged us to join him in his plan. So um, two things is read the book of Matthew and, and just like hang on every word of Jesus and realize that we are, we are part of a much bigger thing and we know where it goes. We know how it ends. Yeah. So, I, I love that so much. And yeah. If it, this teaches us anything, it's about the uncertainty of life and, um, so I hope that if it, when everybody comes out of this, that they just understand that we are never guaranteed tomorrow is to make the most of today. So what are you going to do today? Right. Today, you know? Yeah. So I know, I know that we talked about the, the Matthew 24 too, because, you know, I, I was a little concerned too, Laura. I'm not going to lie. Like when all this started, I'm like, is this the rapture? Is it coming? But then, of course, uh, Christ says nobody ever knows when that's going to happen, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think it's a, that, you know, that it, that it is going to happen. You know, it, it could happen in our lifetime. And I think the takeaway from, you know, the, the passages that talk about, you know, that there, there are signs of birth pangs. You know, Paul calls them birth pangs. Um, that we know that Christ is coming again and that we, you know, when, when he comes, will he find faith on this earth? You know, what will we be found doing when, when Christ comes? Will we be found doing what we are, you know, what we are called to do? Or we, will we be found like living our own lives you know, as though, you know, it's going to happen sooner or later and to, to live as though it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter or it's not important. So I think it's, um, this is an opportunity for, you know, every believer to examine their hearts and, and say, Lord, where am I? You know, where, where do I stand in relation to you? Who am I living for? You know, we were talking the other day and it's like, I, you know, the Lord, two Lord's commandments are love the Lord, your God with your entire being and love others as Christ loves them. And I'm like, Lord, I, in myself, I don't love you like that. I need you to help me love you like that. And you read the you read the Psalms or David Psalms. David loved him like that. Right. Loved him like that. Um, you know, and 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 in sanctification, God will help us love him like that. And when we when we grow to love him like that, he'll equip us to love others the way that we are um, you know, supposed to to love others. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I forget what you asked me that made me say that. <laughs> living for Christ so yes 
Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> As we wrap it up here, um, I think really the last question that I have for you is how much weight did you lose? From my, from my highest, um, I, you know, I probably hit about 190 or in the low 190s. And I, right now I weigh 135 pounds. So from highest to lowest, um, you know, 65, 60, 65 pounds overall. So. Okay. So what do you do now? Of course, you know, um, there's things, of course, I always say, you know, nobody can make you happy except for you yourself, right? Mm -hmm. But we also have to make sure that we're doing all the right things physically for mm -hmm. our body too and nutrition-wise also. So what are some of the things that you, like, you know, you're really, I'm sure you're conscientious oh, and yeah. of course, we always, you know, the thing that I see going around now is like everybody's got their yoga pants on. We've been in our yoga pants for like three weeks. Like everybody's like, I don't think I want to put my jeans on because I don't know if I'm going to fit into them. <laughs> yes. So what have you been doing during our shutdown to make sure that you're still on target? Um, you know, I am. I am such a routine person. Um, I. I love a good routine and to, yeah. um, and it takes a little bit of work to, um, to establish a routine that you like, but, um, you know, but it's, it's not, it's not really, I think dieting is like even more, um, difficult than just, you know, doing a little bit of work and taking a little bit of time to establish the routine that you work, you know, or, or that works for you. And in a nutshell, we have a, um, a God given allowance. It's called our metabolic rate. You know your height, your weight. You know your specific physiology. You know our mine's somewhere around like you know sixteen hundred calories. Um, this might like my active metabolic rate. My um, resting metabolic rate is probably somewhere in the twelve hundred range. So because I know that, I know I have to manage um, calories. So that's part of my. I've used my fitness pal now for um, well over sixteen hundred days in a row, and I don't know how many years that is. It's like four years in a row, or something like that. Three or four years, every single day, I put everything I eat in my fitness pal. So that's one of the ways that, and it's become when you've done it for several years. Um, this has not changed anything about the way I eat or what I eat. So I think you know, calories do make a difference. Um, the other thing is. You know, one of our philosophies at Stop Dieting for Life is if God made it, you can eat it. And um, so if it occurs in nature, those are those are the foods that our bodies do best with. And that means avoiding processed foods. You know, processed foods are made to overeat. I mean, they're just the, the seller, the manufacturer wants you to eat as much as possible of their food. So what are yeah. they add sugar, salt, and fat? So anytime you've got something with a package and a um, you know, and a barcode on it, and you look in the ingredients and you see some version of sugar, salt, and fat, you know that um, that's going to stimulate your appetite rather than satisfy your hunger. So um, to bring this little answer in for a landing, um, you know, in a nutshell, if you were going to do one thing from a practical perspective to keep a handle on your weight, put everything you eat in my fitness pal and um, set up your calories to lose, you tell it you want to lose a half a pound a week. Um, and if you do that over time, you'll learn, okay, this is about how much um, food my body needs. 
you'll adjust to that amount of food and you'll start making the choices that say, well, if I have this much, um, I'm going to enjoy it by having these particular foods and eating at these particular times. You know, that's how you develop a routine that that suits you. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I love my routine. I love not many people would probably like what I eat. So I eat pretty plain because I'm lazy. I don't like to cook, uh, but I like what I eat. You know, I eat a lot of vegetables, a lot of fruit, a little bit of meat. I, eat, you know, Greek yogurt, eggs, but um, I eat a pretty simple but satisfying diet. You know, and, and that's what I try to teach them, too, is I'm meal prepping with them. I'm, I'm not sure if you can see Tina's comment, but Tina, who is on here, and first, congratulations, Tina. She said, I lost from 238, and I'm at my 161 mark now. Still need to, still need a few more gone, but trusting God to get me there. Never my power, but his. Amen. Right? Yes. So she, she also, yeah, she also says I do intermittent fasting. So, yeah, I do that too, Tina. Um, you know, before they called it or before I'd heard that they were calling it intermittent fasting, I figured out, you know, if I have 1400 calories a day and I want to make that feel like a lot of food, um, I, I, I can either eat that those between like noon and seven o'clock. Um, and it feels like a lot more than if I'm eating them between 6 a.m. and 8 p.m. You know, so um, that one of the ways I call it narrowing the window that you eat your calories, but it's also called intermittent fasting. Yeah. <laughs> and it works, you know. It really yeah. Helps. yeah, yeah. So that's so great. I've just enjoyed so much having you on today, Laura. Can you, you tell these ladies just, you know, if they want to hear more from you, where they would find you, where to look for you? Yeah, well, the um, I have a, my Facebook page is Stop Dieting for Life. Um, we, I have a page and a, and a, a group as well. Um, I also, I have a couple of books that you can find on Amazon. <laughs> book one, um, actually that's book two. Um, book one is I once was fat, but now I'm found. Um, for food freedom. Let me see if I can get that on there. Yes. You can see it. it. And then the, the second book is I once was fat, but now I'm found part two, move over emotions, make room for truth. I love those. Yeah, so those are both um, on Amazon. I'm working on book three um, right now. I've actually, um, these, all three of them used to be one book and I've rewritten it like seven or eight times. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I'm, I'm rewriting book three, hopefully for the last time. <laughs> That's incredible. Well, now now's a little bit of time for that. Yeah, it's really helped um, getting back into it. I let it sit for a while, which was good. You know, I, I'm bringing yeah. a different perspective to it. So, right. Well, thank you so much for joining. For the ones that are listening on the podcast, thank you for tuning in. Subscribe if you haven't subscribed. And we will catch everyone next week on a new episode on the podcast. For you ladies who are here in the Facebook group, reach out to Laura. She's an amazing person. I also saw where you graduated from Wake Forest University, which mm -hmm. is in my back door. I am born oh and bred in Salem, North Carolina. So 
<laughs> yeah, so I was glad to see her. Oh, she's a Wake Forest girl. There you go. <laughs> Thank you so much, Laura. Stay safe, stay, stay well, and God bless you. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. <laughs>